Hey mama, <laughs> welcome back to the Mama Collective podcast. I'm Jamie and I'm Ari and we are two moms just navigating through motherhood, but today we are three. Whoop, whoop. We love these episodes where we get to tell you and introduce you guys to our ambassadors all across the world. These are the women that are on the ground hosting these walks, creating the community, and we want you to share their stories so you could feel connected to them too. So today's guest, we are so excited to have on. She's our Clovis ambassador. Janie, will you say hello and tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, uh, my name is Janie. I am 26. I'm married and I've been with my husband for eight years. We have two kids, um, our son Blaine, who's three years old, and our daughter McKenna, who's turning one in a couple weeks. Oh, very happy to be here. Oh my goodness. First birthdays are right around the corner for Jamie and I. (laughs) Oh yeah. We are there with you. Well, today we wanted to really jump in, honor your son and speak about his story. And he was diagnosed at 20 weeks with a rare congenital kidney disease, correct? Yes. Walk us through that 20 week appointment. How was that? How was leaving that appointment and processing it as well? Yeah. So up until that point, everything was fine. Normal pregnancy, food aversions, morning sickness. I felt fine. Um, At our 20-week appointment, we were super excited because we knew we were going to find out the gender. And we did not want to wait. We wanted to know. Um, Mm. So my husband and I decided, like, we want to find out. Um, my mom and my dad also got to be at that appointment. This was of course pre pandemic. So they didn't, they didn't have a limit. Yeah. They didn't have a limit necessarily on who could be in there with you yet. So, um, that was very special for them to be in the room. We found out it was a boy. Everyone was so happy. And as they were kind of going over and, you know, that anatomy scan is a lot longer, of an ultrasound because they have to measure things. And I knew something felt a little off. The ultrasound technician obviously can never say anything to go into details. And she was like, yeah, we're just going to wait for the doctor to go over the results, but it's a boy. Yay. Congratulations. Um, And then we were kind of like sent on our way. And then a few days later we got a call from, um, my normal OB and she had scheduled us an appointment to come in and she said, you know, we're going to refer you to a high risk OB. Um, And she wouldn't really give me any details as to why she just said, we want them to go over the ultrasound results with you. Mm -hmm. So at that point we went to the high risk OB and she had told um, my husband, Chris and I, okay, your son has what's called um, posterior urethral valves which is essentially membranes in the, um, in the urethra that cause his like urine to not flow out from his bladder. So even though he was in utero, they could see that his kidneys and his bladder were very large and distended because there was a lot of fluid mm-hmm. kind of just building up, not being able wow. to like release out. Um, so yeah, it was really scary. <laughs> I didn't really know what that meant. Um, so from there, they sent us to a geneticist. And the geneticist took my family history, my husband's family history, trying to find like the root cause of 
our son's diagnosis and why. Um, and it, they just said, okay, well, there's nothing in your family history that could have really caused this. So it's just a genetic anomaly. Uh, we don't know how it happened. So I think that was hard to, like, to understand because it's such a rare thing that they couldn't put an exact like, oh, this is why this was the reasoning behind it. It was just completely random. Yeah. How one of the things to think about, like when you're about to have your first kid, because this was your first, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Usually when you're preparing to have a family and the things you're thinking about are like, what are what's the nursery theme? What is this and uh, what's the baby shower going to look like and thinking of their name and Mm -hmm. all of those things where now you're in a situation of thinking about pretty critical health conditions and it sounds like you had a great support system around you Um, but what were some things and resources that you kind of tapped into in this period leading up to his birth. And then we'd love to go into life after birth about how then you process this out. But if real quick, you could give any um, just like resources or things that were really helpful of like, um, if you get put in a situation, maybe a mama's listening who also is getting a pretty interesting diagnosis. There's no family history uh, anything of words of wisdom that you can kind of share with them, that would be great. Yeah. So I don't know if this is a position that's like specific to every hospital, but, um, I had a person reach out to me. She is a RN navigator who was like assigned to mine and my son's case. And I don't think his diagnosis truly hit me until she reached out because she, um, reaches out to pregnant moms who are, going through similar things like their children being diagnosed with genetic or or congenital abnormalities and moms who um, are going to be going through fetal loss. And Blaine's condition is is at the worst end of the spectrum. He could have not made it um, to birth. So I think when she reached out, I finally understood like, wow, okay, this, this was something that's really either, you know, going to go one way or another. And I don't know what my son's condition truly is now. Um, So I feel like I utilized her as a huge resource because she was able to be there sort of as a support person, but was also able to coordinate everything between my doctors, the doctors that were going to be on Blaine's care team at two different hospitals And was kind of like the liaison between everyone. Um, So I'd say reach out to someone at the hospital to see if there's a person like that. Um, Once I did learn more about his condition, I found a couple Facebook groups of parents who also have children with um, PUV and kidney disease. So that was really um, supportive as well because there's a lot of room for confusion And so hearing from other parents who have also been through the same thing and not just like relying on Google to (laughs) answer my questions, it's like, okay, you've been through this. How is your child doing? You know, what's your kind of road, even though everyone's road is different. At least I knew they understood where I, where I was at the time with my, with my son. 
So smart. So smart. Jamie is all too familiar with Google Doc. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I'm glad yeah, you Google Doctor is, is a friend, but not a reliable resource. So yes. that's why I always love asking of like, okay, what, what resources did you find? Um, and even two, what, like once he was born, uh, there has to be a ton of stuff. So, um, well, first off, you said you time, right? Yeah. Sorry. Say that again. I missed it. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Jamie and I were jumping in on each other. (laughs) Um, you said he spent some time in the NICU. Yeah. So, um, I, had found out because of his condition, they wanted to try and see how long he could stay in utero. Um, so they wanted to wait until 39 weeks to induce me. Um, they chose induction rather than waiting because of the amniotic fluid around him. They wanted to make sure his lungs were really developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was induced, had him, labor was insane completely different story but just insane in its own um way and when he was here they had told me okay when he arrives you're only going to have about 30 minutes with him um before we have to get him in a transport unit to take him to another hospital that was like 25 minutes away um so i had him straight skin to skin for like five minutes and then they were like okay we really have to check him um because they were concerned about his breathing So they took him away, checked him, brought him back. And I feel like that 30 minutes just went by so fast. And I think I was not prepared for how quickly that was going to be. Um, And so when they kind of loaded him into the transport, I got to say bye to him. And I told my husband, I want you to go with him. I want you to ride behind him. Um, So he did. Um, My my husband rode behind him in the ambulance to the um, hospital. They went to Valley Children's, which is an amazing children's hospital um, here close by. So his whole care team was there waiting for him. And my husband FaceTimed me as soon as they got him in the NICU. So it was very emotional. Um, but something really cool that the hospital actually did for me is I... I was supposed to stay for two days for recovery time. Um, and I, I was just dealing with it very hard. And I t- told my postpartum um, nurse, I was like, I really just, can I be discharged? Like I AMA, like I want to go see my, my son. Like I miss him. Um, and I was really struggling with just like anxiety, depression, not being able to be with him. So she had pulled some strings and somehow they got them, um, the permission to release me from the hospital for like a four hour visit. So my husband came and picked me up, took me to Valley Children's. I got to be with my son for a few hours and then I had to come back and make sure that I was okay. But just having that ability and understanding of like, Hey, we know you want to be with your child and your child's not here and it's okay. Go see him and go spend some time with him. So that was amazing. Um, Cheers to your care team because it's hard. You're recovering as the mom and Mm -hmm. then your child, you're separated from your child and all you want to do. And there's so much power in the mom and child being together. Like they all, Mm -hmm. they always like try skin to skin first before they implement um, 
something typically because that can solve a lot of problems. But damn, cheers to your care team. And I know that that probably meant so much for you. And it that was did. a lot of strings to pull because that's not normal. Yeah, yeah not normal. <laughs> that There's some humanity that came out. I feel like that's one of the yeah. hard things in the medical system, especially when you're dealing with babies. And I don't like using the word sick babies, but um, babies that are needing extra care in some sh- way, shape or form. Um, for someone to have their humanity shine over their practice shine is insane. Like that mm-hmm. is so, so amazing. So I had, a, I was in the NICU with my son. NICUs are a humbling experience. Um, we are only there a week and I'm forever changed by being in a NICU. But how long were you guys in the NICU? And then what was his NICU experience like? Did he have to go in for surgeries? How's he doing today? Like what, what was kind of their plan of action to get him to, you know, to recovery? Yeah. So they had told us, you know, once he arrives, we're going to get him into surgery as soon as possible. Um, So he was supposed to be in surgery like the day of his birth. Um, but because he was born on a Friday, we had to wait until Monday. (laughs) I got induced. My induction didn't go very quickly. Um, so it kind of like pushed everything back. So up until then they were trying to like catheterize him and, um, do certain things to be able to allow the urine to come out of, um, his bladder and kind of relieve that stress on the kidneys too. So it was a rough like three days before he had the surgery because the whole point of the surgery was called a valve ablation, which would essentially get rid of those valves so that the urine could flow out freely. Um, So those first three days were very rough on him, poor guy. Um, But once they did the surgery, his recovery went really well. And we were only there about eight days, so about a week. Um, So yeah, it was very like looking back at it very quick but being there for that eight days having to scrub literally scrub in Mm -hmm. change your clothes put on the gown like the whole I was already germaphobe and then that put me at like a Mm -hmm. different level of oh my gosh Mm -hmm. I don't want to get my poor immune compromised son like sick you know um so yeah it was it was life-changing um but the team there that was there for him I completely trusted them um and they were also very compassionate as well I had a very difficult labor and um unfortunately had a third degree tear so being able to kind of be up recovering wasn't really possible for that first week I was like wheelchair ridden I, I was not very mobile so um they always made sure they had like a wheelchair and a very comfy like chair for me to sit on and for us to have like bonding time, chest, you know, skin to skin. Um, so they were very attentive and understanding as well. Um, but we did stay with him one night, the first night before we went home, all the other nights we had to go home and we couldn't stay overnight with him, but they gave us a room with him. We stayed the night with him on a very uncomfortable <laughs> one of those, um, you know, pull out couches, hospital beds. Yeah. hospital beds. And 
it was kind of like, oh my gosh, now, now we're going to take him home. And now what is it going to be like? Because we've, we've witnessed all of this support and all of this care around him. And then when we go home, it's just going to be my husband and I. So it was kind of like a little nerve wracking. Um, Like, oh my gosh, we're not going to have a nurse like, hey, what's going on? Something's wrong. Like help. (laughs) It's just going to be on us now. So I think that was one of the like, okay, this is real. We're going home. Everything's going to be fine. Um, Once we got home, we had normal checkups um, with him and we still had his specialist doctors at Valley Children's. So he did have um, a urinary tract infection when he was about four months old. Mm -hmm. That sent us back into the hospital for another week. And Mm -hmm. that was post-pandemic, like when the shutdown began. So I think it was April because he was born um, January 2020. We got home. Hardly any family had even seen him yet. And then everything shut down. Wow. So that's when I was like, okay, germaphobe, COVID, like no one's going to see my son. (laughs) We're just going to stay home in our own little bubble. And then he got a UTI and we had to go to the hospital. They only allowed one parent. So of course that was, that was me. Um, So I stayed with him for a week. And the reason why UTIs are so dangerous for him is because it can cause issues with his kidneys again, mm-hmm. um, it, which is reflux. So he, that was a little bit rough. He got some very strong antibiotics. We got sent home. Ever since then, he has never had a UTI, which is amazing. That's and wow, his that's reflux has gone from like a grade five down to grade one, which is practically wow. normal. So he his kidney size has decreased. There's no fluid in them anymore. His bladder is actually gaining control. He's on the road to eventually start potty training. Aww. So all wow, good that's stuff. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I remember we had some technical difficulties last time. Um, but you had received good news before we started recording. Um, does that have you received more good news or do you want to share that good news on this episode? Yeah. So, um, at our last appointment, they did a ultrasound, um, and they basically said like his bladder is functioning normally. If he's on the route to potty training, follow his lead and let him do it. Originally they said like, okay, he may not have bladder control, so he could be in pull-ups till he's like seven, like just let it be. Don't force him. Um, but he's actually starting to go on his own. The other day, he went into the bathroom on his own, did his thing, oh. came out. He's changing his own diapers. We actually oh, just, victory. yeah, it's an, it's wild. It's really cool. We got him his first, like, pairs of um, little boy underwear for his third oh, birthday. So. <laughs> yeah, so it's, it's awesome to see um, the change. Like, you would never know. He's such a happy boy. Like you would never know anything is wrong to begin with. But even just the change from last year to now, last year he was still having a lot of reflux and um, his bladder control wasn't where, you know, it is now. So just seeing the change in even the last year has been 
really cool to watch. And now they've pushed our appointments from biannually to annually. So that is a, that's a huge victory too. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I know when they changed the appointment times to like extend it, that just like, okay, we hit another milestone. We hit another victory. It's something to celebrate. So that's huge for moms that may be experiencing something similar to you and your son's situation. What words of advice or wisdom do you have to speak into them? I'd say, I know I didn't really speak on it necessarily like in the podcast, but I became so obsessed with his condition and researching and, and trying to see what I could do, but truly there wasn't anything I could do to help, you know? Um, So I'd say really focus on trying to find that support team, find those people who are there for you. And um, I also struggled with postpartum depression and anxiety. And when I was in the thick of it, I didn't really look into resources for myself. Um, So I'd say really find, you know, resources, talk about it. Even if you don't have um, people who necessarily understand, go to a therapist if you can find one. Um, Don't be afraid to ask all of the questions to your doctors, because if you feel like something's wrong in your gut, trust that mommy instinct and mm-hmm. ask all the questions you can. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing. Is there any final thoughts that you want to share? Cause we really want to honor your situation and your son. I just, I, I wish that the mom walk co was around three years ago. <laughs> because it has been so amazing being postpartum with my daughter now. Um, My pregnancy postpartum journey with her is very different than what it was with my son, but I really needed like this group of women who are moms who understand like what we're going through and are there and just show up and you know, this has been like the best thing to happen. So being here in Clovis, I have an amazing co-host, Maddie, who has been my friend since like third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, so being able to be with her and to meet so many other moms locally and have this awesome support system locally now is really special. Well, we adore you. Like what you're doing, how you walk out motherhood, how you've stepped to just serve your community and the moms around you, Mm -hmm. even in the midst of uh, where your son is at, where your family's at, and now a mom of multiples, it just shows so much. So we just want to say thank you. Um, Will you plug your personal social and your walk social, please? Yeah, my personal one is whaley.family. And uh, the mom walk one is at the mom Clovis. Amazing. If uh, you resonate to this at any point or want to reach out with questions, feel free to DM her on her walk Instagram. Um, she'll coordinate whether to go to personal or not. But if you're in the Clovis area, we'd love for you guys to attend her walks. They are a blast. If you are looking for a walk, go to the momwalkcollective.com, type in your zip code in our walk finder, and you'll find the walk closest to you. You guys can now hear my son. Um, 
If there isn't a walk near you, go to the ambassador tab. Feel free to fill out an ambassador form on the first of every month. We reach out to the existing applications to see what cities we can launch next. It looks like we're launching close to 35, between 35 and 50 new cities March 1st, which is just insane. Um, this is cringy. I say it every time because we got to get it done. We're trying to grow and expand our podcast reach. So if you guys could please like, subscribe, comment, you know, leave a review, that would be great. Um, other than that, we have a TikTok, Instagram, our website. We have some fun things coming up in April. Um, and Ari, do you want to close this out? Yeah, thank you so much, Janie, for sharing your story, sharing Blaine's story. We love you so much, and we love you, Mama's listening. We love you, Mama. Take care. Bye.